Blog Talk Radio. your host of Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us. We have a live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but the show is also worldwide and available on Skype. We're calling in at 1-347-838-9201. I have a question for you all. Do you believe when we die that we cease to exist? Do you believe that heaven is for real? Do you believe that our loved ones are always around us? Do you get signs like pennies or feathers or butterflies or rainbows? There's so many ways that our loved ones come through, and my show sets out to show you. Uh, We have many intuitive meetings on the show, and special guests, and we give readings, and hopefully bringing your loved ones through. So stay tuned for our guest tonight. Thank you. Good evening, all. This is Peggy again. How are you all tonight? Tuesday, December 8th. Um, I just wanted to let you know that um, dedicating this show, I lost a second, well, I lost a few in the past year, but my second very best friend uh, 10 days ago, and my show is dedicated to her tonight, Betty Williams. Uh, She's co-hosted with me on the show, and she was one of my biggest supporter of my work, and I know she's smiling down on us and with us tonight, but just in a different way. Um, So tonight's show, something 
uh, where it happened at her funeral in front of, uh, I would say, about 50 people. I went up to read a poem that I wrote for her at her uh, ceremony and, you know, with the sermon. And uh, my phone, uh, I took my, my cell phone in my hand to read the poem, and all of a sudden music started playing, and it was kind of ironic. So that's kind of what the show is about tonight. This is not the first time this has happened to me um, at a funeral where the loved one that we're uh, honoring they come through and let us know they're there. They're, they come to their own funerals. So tonight's show is about that, um, whether you believe uh, your loved ones attend their own funeral, because um, I do. I've seen it. Okay, and of course our show is signed to loved ones. Send us, and you can call in 347-838-9201. Um, you can call us and ask questions or just to vent what you're feeling because of the grieving loss of a loved one, especially a child, as I've lost two of my own, and I am very understanding of this. Or if you want to just discuss any of uh, our archive shows or our other guests, um, Marcia and I, um, hopefully she'll be in. She wasn't feeling well earlier, so I think she's on board. She's going to be co-hosting along with Kevin Schopel, who is a Baptist deacon from Arizona and uh, who supports the work of psychics and mediums, intuitives. Um, um, he's married to one, dated one, and is friends with many, and shows by his words in the Bible, uh, the Bible his book, um, The Bible, The Truth About Psychic and uh, Spiritual Gifts, and his second book, Melanie, talks of uh, our gift and how it, it is allowed and is a gift from God. Um, so we'll be taking calls, and um, we also do readings at times uh, when spirit feels the need to communicate. We can't always guarantee it, but we usually do. Um, and if it's, if it's, you know, it's all about the timing, uh, you know, with them. Um, I don't summon anybody. They come to me. So I'm also an author of the best-selling book on Amazon called Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Less Hug. tells my story, including the signs of my loved ones have sent me and continue to send me. So let's bring on my, my co-host, and I may have to change phones at some point, so I may have a short delay in between. Uh, chat room's open if I can get to chat. So I'm going to uh, bring Marsha on now. Hold on, please. Good evening, Peg. Hi. Actually, I, I, I was just going to say hello. There was a five-second delay, so you were just coming on. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> feeling any better? Oh, yeah, a bit. Yeah. I, good, good, good. I had good. A, a little nap, and, and it seemed to help. Yeah, you. I just I just got in three minutes before the show I'm doing my errands, so I'm a little short oh, of breath. Yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Didn't sleep well last oh. night. I'm, I'm in the... You know, 10 days of grieving a friend of 47 years, and even though I do this, as you know, um, I still have my human aspect of it, and I, I'm hurting right now. And the holidays are coming. Um, as you know, Betty died, my friend, the day before my late son's 27th birthday, which was Monday, so happy birthday to Mark. Right. And uh, December 11th, uh, three-year anniversary of my nephew who passed three years ago, and another friend that passed last year, and the 23rd of December, my girlfriend Tia. So I dedicate the show to all of them tonight, okay? Yeah. So yeah, um, having, having a great big party. Oh, yeah, we're the ones miserable, guys. I, I, I want to tell my yeah. listeners, we're miserable. <laughs> Trust me, I'm I'm very miserable right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. I, I and actually, I think Kevin's on board already. Um, um, you want to bring him on, or you want to talk a little bit and bring him on and just open the discussion, and then see um, who calls in and what's what. Okay, hold on. Let me see if this is him. Hold on. All right. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, I'm here, Peggy. Hi. Okay, I wasn't sure because you didn't hit the, the the one cue, so I wasn't sure if that was you or not. I kind of recognized the numbers. So, how are you, Kevin? I'm doing very good, and it's great to hear you, Peggy, and hello, Marcia. Hi, Kevin. How are you? You guys well, have met on shows before, right? 
Have yeah, you guys so, met before? Okay. I had not met Marcia before. Oh, you have. I think this is my first time. Okay. Well, like I told you last night, uh, Kevin, Betty practically was on every show, uh, whether just as a listener or sometimes co-hosting. And I'm sure she was on shows with you because she did talk about you to me. So, I'm, uh, you know, I've done so many shows, it's hard to remember what's what. And tonight I'm totally uh, brain fog, so <laughs> bear with me. But uh, she never really missed the show. And... Um, she did something very unusual Saturday. Um, I posted it on my signs page, as you know. Marsh has heard the story. You've heard somewhat of the story. And things are still happening, as usual. Uh, I get the powerhouse signs, as you know, not just the rainbows and the butterflies and pennies and feathers, but I get a lot of stuff, crazy stuff, you know. Um, let me ask either one of you, Marsh or, or Kevin, um, have you ever experienced – actually, let me start with one. Let me start with Kevin. You experienced uh, – tell us a little bit about Melanie again, and what happened at Melanie, Melanie's funeral? Well, two things happened with Melanie's funeral. Um, one of the first was that um, the unity pastor, Reverend Barb Steigerwald, her daughter is a medium, and she was the one to tell me. She said, Melanie is actually here, and pointed at the exact seat, which was the aisle seat on the right-hand side, first seat in. But mm-hmm. then the other sign um, was that uh, I was asked to do the eulogy. I spoke for 16 minutes at the beginning of the service, and right. I thought nothing of it. But uh, when I uploaded the video, which my son was shooting since I was on, on the stage, um, mm-hmm. I uploaded it so that people all over the world who knew Melanie would be at least to be able to see that part of, of her mem- memorial service. And right. when I came back home from it downloading, I got a lot of messages saying, did you see the orb at the 4-minute, 24-second point? And I went back. Wow. And just as soon as I had said, I never asked for proof that she was a medium. I just loved her stories. At that point, an orb started straight down above Reverend Barb. It went mm-hmm. to her right, around her waist, and then it lightly touched on my left foot, then rose up again in a curved fashion, and mm-hmm. to my le- to my right, which would have been left from the viewpoint of the audience, it was about two or three seconds. But I had only seen photographs of orbs, and I didn't believe in them. But when I saw mm-hmm. this video and saw that, you know, I thought if this were camera shake, which would be the most, you know, debunking of it all, it would have been jagged back and forth mm-hmm. straight lines. This was a very gentle fluttering down as if it were a feather. Except that right. when it touched my left foot, it did the opposite and go back up again. And mm-hmm. it made me believer in the orbs. And right. I, I had responses. Kevin, you really got your sign that Melanie was at that memorial service. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. I'm telling you, it's not the... Um, I've seen the video that Kevin's speaking of. He sent it to me. And I'll, I'll if it, with your permission, I'd like to post it on my science page if, if, if that's okay with you or if you could do it. You have my permission. It's actually on YouTube, and you're welcome to link to that on your site okay, as that's, well. Okay, that's fine. Because you know I have the science page, uh, Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us, uh, like my show now. And I have pictures of my son showing up. I've said it a million times on the show, showing up in... Uh, people's photographs and me somehow being drawn to a page, and there my son is, like you've seen, uh, showed up in a picture in Ireland, showed up in a picture in New Jersey, people I don't even know, and which had significant meaning. So there's no doubt in my mind. Just, I mean, I am an intuitive, but, you know, we still doubt even as intuitives. We're like, mm, what the heck is going on? I've had so much concrete proof that uh, 
there's no doubt in my mind anymore. You can think we're crazy. We're not. I have evidence. We have evidence. So um, let me what, talk to Martin. Crazy? <laughs> well, you, you think? <laughs> oh, of course I am. Yep, yep. Let me just, uh, I have to change the pads on my walls tonight, by the way. Remind me, you know, my padded room. Okay. <laughs> uh, Marcia, what have you experienced? Now, Did you, you're, you're, she just lost her husband uh, about six months ago. And um, a little over five months, actually, right? Going on six months? Is this, oh, wait, actually yeah, six going months on six in a couple months. days. It'll be, okay. yeah. On the tent. Okay, and I have a fly on my screen. It's kind of cold for flies to be out. Why is a fly in my screen? Oh, my God, it's crawling across the screen. That's crazy. Um, anyhow, Marcia, what kind of signs have you gotten from Larry? Oh, wow, they've been prolific. Um, uh, we had them cremated, but so, you know, there wasn't really, we had a few family members in, um, you know, for a memorial service that, Right. He has given me butterflies and dragonflies and lightning bugs and um he, he's um given me hugs and kisses in the sky in the form of jet stream. I mean, you know, I look mm-hmm. out and there's this huge X in the sky but there was a circle around it. Right. And um he's also uh one day it was particularly rainy here. We live in Indiana and I went outside looking for a rainbow because it stopped mm-hmm. raining and the sun was going down and right. I, I thought I might find a rainbow and I go outside there's no rainbow and mm-hmm. I look at our neighbor's house and I went because ah, there were um, circles and X's on her house just oh really you never told me that yeah and with a wow. like a picture frame off to the side and, and there was a there was a person in it but I couldn't tell whether it was mm-hmm. my mom or, but I, you know, CJ, our son, came out like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "There's hugs and kisses from Dad." You mm-hmm. know, it was plain as day, Aww. and right. He, so he's he's just sending me all kinds of signs to to let me know uh, we were so bonded that mm-hmm. you know I I've always told God, look, if you take him, um, take me, and if you don't take me. Hang on to me because I'm yep, going to need it, yep. and I think that's why I get as many signs as I do. Well, I you think know, that if you're open to it, there you get the extraordinary signs, you know. Yeah. And I was confronted from the get-go. I've said it a million times. I don't want to, you know, keep going on about me and what I've gotten, but like my kids were slamming me right and left, and I was like, there was no way I couldn't notice them, you know. And and right. I debunked a lot of things over over the time. You know, I don't put people on the show just because I'm an intuitive. Doesn't mean I think everything's a sign. I've had people say, well, you think everything's a sign. Get an awful lot of them, but no, I get things checked out. Phones when problems. I had problems with my phone again today. Um, you know, I actually, I've been feeling the coldness, the temperature change in my room. I know Betty's here with me because she, she was my, she was mother hen with me. She was, she was always mothering me even though she was a month younger. And I feel her presence. Um, I felt it at the funeral when that phone, when I went to read the poem and all of a sudden the song started playing, a Beatles song, but it wasn't by the Beatles. And I went into, um... Um, well, you know what? I'm going to just tell listeners, uh, sign up for my site, Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us uh, on Facebook. Um, I'll let you in. Just let me know you heard me through the show, and I'll, I'll allow you because it's a private uh, closed group. And just look at that page. It's, gosh, it's better than any book out there <laughs> with what we have, not just my stories, personal stories, but other people. 
Um, Kevin's had other things too, right, Kevin? Um, you and I, we, we've talked about it on the show before where uh, you had the beeping sounds at work on the computers and what have you after Melanie had passed. What happened was the Monday morning following her passing on Friday night of March 7th, 2014, um, the thought crossed my mind because I was just getting used to the idea that I could talk to a spirit and they would hear me, but, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, I'd have to be a medium to hear back, and I wasn't. But I was sitting one time in the car and trying to do one of these practice talks to myself. I said, Melanie, I said, I know that you're not like our Heavenly Father who's omnipresent. I said, you know, you're finite. I said, how do I know where you are at 5.15 in the morning? Maybe you're somewhere Mm -hmm. else like New York or India or someplace where people are more awake than they are here in, Mm -hmm. you know, southwest U.S. And I thought, how do I even know that you're even hearing this? Well, Mm -hmm. I got to work at 6.15, and I was the first one in. I unlocked the door, turned off the alarm, and the first thing I would do in those days was to go and uh, take a breakfast sandwich that I had stored away from the day before and put it in the microwave. And I ate it, and just as I was taking a bite, I heard the, the same tone that you typically hear on Facebook if you're receiving a message. That I call it a blunk. So it sounds like right. bloop, like that. Yep. And the first thing I did was run out to the front and check every computer. Everything had Mm -hmm. been completely shut off from the weekend. It wasn't in a sleep mode uh, or anything of that sort. They were all completely off. We had no mobile devices in the front office. Mm -hmm. Um, The computer back in my office, which was a separate area, was also completely off from the weekend. And I thought about it, and I thought, okay, I've got a supernatural sign here, but I thought, okay, it means message received, that even though, um, you know, I had my doubts 30 minutes earlier while going down the road, I thought this mm-hmm. was the answer to it, that that blue tone always means message received, that she heard it or got mm-hmm. it. And oh, yeah. I found yeah. that later in talking to another medium friend of mine, David Baker, that uh, he said, even though they're not omnipresent, your thoughts draw them to you, and they know, because as you know yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you picked up things on me uh, from all the way in Verplank, New York, you know, and I'm in Tucson, Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. why can't a spirit that's anywhere in the world, even though they're not infinite and omnipresent like our Heavenly Father, they can right. still pick it up, too? Yeah, they're telepath. They're very, the energy. And Marsha, I've also done this with Marsha, right, Marsha? I picked up things with you, and and uh, uh, I've read you kind of. I've actually read you both, um, so you both can be a testament to my gifts. I'm sure. Um, I still got my Debbie doubters out there. I people, and I'll tell you, I have to tell some of my listeners, and I kind of laugh about it. I'm not going to mention names or whatever. I've, I have some people sometimes that call call into the show. I know you're fake. I know you make up stuff just to try to trip me up. Um, I get up the phone and I I said oh, I can feel it. Okay, so you want to trip me up? Knock yourself out <laughs> because they, they make my day. Okay, I get off the phone many times with my co-host, and it's like we both feel it. You know, it's like oh, this is a phone. Just fake call. Please don't waste my time. I'm here to help um, people that are really hurting. Okay, this is not funny. It's not a game to me. I I give my time. I, I do this for free. Um, my show to help people. Don't waste my time and take away precious time, please, from people that really need my help. Okay. It's I have to use my gift from God to help them um, know that their their loved ones are okay, especially child loss, okay? 
So I just want to say that I, I get a little perturbed. I mean, I know when I say, oh, go ahead. I, I, I'll, you know what? I play their game with them a lot of times, but I know they're phony calls, okay? And, um, you know, sometimes I'll be reading and somebody will go, no, 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 no. And I got somebody on chat and it's like, pick me, pick me, pick me, like a spelling bee when I was in school. <laughs> because when you're dealing with, um, if you're not dealing one-on-one giving a reading to someone, I just want to explain this. Um, everybody wants to come through that's on chat for chat room, and they want to come through. They, they all line up. It's like, come on, it's the pick me, pick me, pick me, spirit done. So I may be reading somebody on the show, and it's happened to me when people read me on shows and what have you, and they're they're trying to read somebody else, and they're coming through for me or you or somebody else. So, you know, if you want to think you're going to trip me up, like I said, knock yourself out. <laughs> that's something I've been wanting to say for a while, so go ahead, you know, but please don't waste my time. This show is not a game to me. It's I, it's God's work, okay? Um, let me ask you both. Um, you've had losses in your life. Um, Marcia, you've had other losses. I'm going to keep going back if that's okay with you, too. You've had other losses in your life. Had you seen signs, like, from your mother uh, or anything uh, besides Larry uh, during, you know, after after their passing? Oh, definitely. Um, my mom's death was unnatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had had lymphoma for eight years, and... Mm-hmm. It attacked, you know, different parts of her body, um, and she kept saying, I'm ready to go home. You know, she, mm-hmm. she was ready to go to heaven, and but she did not believe in suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, her death was um, violent, um, mm-hmm. bullet through the heart. She and um Yeah, and I, I, none of us believed that she actually commi- committed suicide, you know, killed herself. Right, right. Right. Um, she had enough pills to kill an elephant. I mean, we're talking, you know, very powerful pain, mm-hmm. you know, medications. And um, <clears throat> after the fact, I was so distraught because I, I knew she didn't believe in suicide. There were things that uh, just did not fit. She was left-handed. The the butt of the gun was facing right. Uh, she mm-hmm. had bruises on her body, like someone had beaten her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked God to send me a dream I needed to know. And mm-hmm. it took about three months. And I Yeah, they don't come when you this, ask. Yeah, the very vivid dream that showed me what happened. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, But not who. Right. Um, there was a scuffle, and she was suffocated before she was shot. So, oh, my gosh. Um, at least I had I, I, that information. Um, I asked about who... And mm-hmm. um, I was not given that. So I figured that God didn't want me to know that yet. I'll have that closure God does when I know get that. to heaven. I think Kevin will back that, too. God only allows you to know so much, right, Kevin? I well, that's very true. And even Jesus said in John 16, he says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Spirit right. of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So I think, and I used to Amen. use that scripture to tell my own Sunday school class, I said, you know, you would not expect for me to give my son, who at the time I said this first was in first or second grade, I said, you would not expect for him to be having U of A materials out here. I said, he gives you what you understand. This is why we have four Gospels, but then there's 23 other books of the New Testament after that. It's because we learn at our own levels and in our own time that the Lord wants to reveal something. And this even goes, as far as what I've seen, was with finding objects. Uh um, mm-hmm. One of the things I had wondered about prior to my own mother's death was I said, 
I cannot find the title to her car. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do when she passes, and I have to transfer right. something, you know. And I mm-hmm. had looked through all of her file cabinets on the mm-hmm. afternoon of her passing, um, about 2.30 in the afternoon, and she had passed at 9.45 in the morning. I was looking, actually, for her, um, what you call, uh, funeral for uh, insurance. And suddenly, right. in the cabinet where I looked four times before, there was the car title. It was just meant for mm-hmm. me only to find it after her mm-hmm. passing. That's, you know, and they do that. I, I have, um, I'm sure you're both experienced. I, I can remember even way back, and before I was convinced, I'm, you know, you both know that I've been a, I've been intuitive since I was a little kid, um, and I just was afraid of it for years. And a lot of, I mean, I just felt different. I just, I got bullied a lot. I, then I had to put on the, the big girl act, you know, where I was a tough girl because I couldn't, I figured if I acted that way, I wouldn't be bullied. But one of the reasons I think people see it, and um, Marsha and I stumbled on something last night. I don't usually write scripts for the show, and um, but I do, you know, read. Uh, I read usually the people's books that come on. Not as often as I should now, but when I find the time, I do it. But we stumbled, and I, I, I believe the Heavenly Father directed me to something last night. And um, Marsha, after we talked today earlier. Another friend called me who was very intuitive, a very good friend of mine that lives up the street from me, and she started saying about something had happened. She was in a Walmart or a shopping center yesterday, and this woman started collapse. She was with the son, and he's acting like she's okay and finds out the woman just came from a cancer treatment, and she kind of saved her yesterday. The son wasn't paying attention, and the woman turned to her and just – and I, Marsh didn't know this. The subject we touched on, her and I, last night, which the Lord – directed me to from I was doing something totally else was a short YouTube video on uh how you can tell if you're earth angels she had said this woman turned to her and I got chills right now so I know this is all we're all connected she said to my friend yesterday she after helping her she goes you know you are an earth angel And here, what did I find last night? So the synchronicity, and Kevin, you are the one, started with Mark Ireland, uh, leading to you about synchronicity. We are so, I'm not one of these people, we're so connected, but I'm not one of these um, intuitives that get all crazy with the crystals, and I don't do tarot cards and all that stuff. You know, I'm not saying things are bad, but I just choose, I don't feel comfortable with it. But I do believe, uh, you know, I don't call God spirit. I really often, I, I call him God. He has a name. You know, I, you don't call me uh, the lady that does the show, so I call him God. <laughs> what the big deal is with people. But um, the point I'm trying to make is that um, we are all connected by one spirit. We are all connected to him. And I think no matter what religion, what uh, faith you choose to honor, we all love God. Um you know, we all honor him. And, you know, you may call him Jehovah. You may call him Buddha. You may call him whatever. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, the um, Alaya or whatever. Uh, Ali, uh, whatever they call I, I don't know them all, but, you know, uh, it's God. It's God, you know. I'm Margaret. They call me Peg. They call, I've been called a lot of other names, too. We won't discuss on the show. We'll <laughs> the show up a lot of heads. <laughs> Lots of names. And, uh, you know, but the, the, we're we're from one source, and that's where I do get uh, kind of involved with the spiritual, um, what is it, the spiritual church people, I don't know, spiritualist church or whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm still Episcopalian, you know, and when I go to church, I usually go to the Episcopal church, and, you know, I still honor my religion, but I'm very more spiritual than religious now. And, Kevin, you've, like me, taught Sunday school, You, but you are an ordained uh, Baptist deacon in Arizona, 
Yes. And you've even taught your uh, Sunday school classes. They would ask questions, and kids are very, in, in, uh, you know, inquisitive. Um, I my Sunday school classes. I taught uh, kindergarten through second grade when I taught Sunday school. So I had the youngins that wouldn't be like maybe the junior high school uh, kids ready to be confirmed or something. So uh, did you have the older group of kids, right? Uh, what what were the age groups that you had? Well, back in the 1990s, I was at a former church called North Swan Baptist Church in which we taught kids. In fact, the, the group we started with in 1992 was 7- to 10-year-olds, and as they went up in the grades and they shifted the classes mm-hmm. around, I always kept my same group of kids. And in my final right. years, was teaching 6th through 8th grade. But when I moved to Pima Street Baptist Church, um, I was teaching adults, and my wife was watching the nurseries. Um, right. And at one point in 2005, I wound up teaching two classes, for several years right. up there, but it was right in that period of time when I became the teacher of two classes is when the Patricia Arquette show Medium debuted, and probably shortly after, I never watched Ghost Whisperer, but it was around that same time, and the cable channels were coming out with their uh, sci-fi ghost hauntings and everything like this, and I would get the questions, you know, what does the Bible say about this stuff? Um mm-hmm. And, of course, I had started doing my research just on psychics before that time. And, you know, I had already come to the conclusion that the Bible had not got one verse that condemned psychic ability. There was also not one verse that condemned true mediumship versus a person with a familiar spirit. And Mm -hmm. I would answer these questions on the subject. They were very interested in it. They did not... um, want to be afraid, but I would get people who would say, you probably would not believe this, you know, getting ready to tell me a supernatural occurrence, and I would say, try me. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> and, and that's what, and what's I the would, good thing about your book. That's brought you to writing your own book. Um, again, tell them the name of your book, Kevin, and where they can find it. So I want them to really, people to read your books. Well, the first one is called The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. It first deals with the fact that the Bible not only does not condemn the gifts, but actually supports them scripturally. And right. I go into why Chris, why the um, Christian books, what the fallacies in their logic is, and why they don't hold up. But then I go into the responsibility that we have before our Heavenly Father with those gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my second book, which is called <clears throat> Melanie, A Christian Medium's Life and Her Gifts of Spirit, um, mm-hmm. I begin the book talking about Melanie's passing, and then I include a few chapters of Melanie talking about funny stories with her gifts, how things happened, people Mm -hmm. that were brought close to her, brought to tears by her connecting with her loved ones, just as you do Mm -hmm. yourself, Peggy. And then I Mm -hmm. went into a story about our own relationship as friends. We were Mm -hmm. just friends. Uh, We both had very strong marriages, uh, mm-hmm. But then the four final chapters of the book, and you're in one of those four final chapters, Peggy. Chapter 29. I deal with <laughs> Thank chapter you again. 29, and I dealt with the fact that, you know, I I was struggling between the idea, you know, that when my mother died in 2006 and my father died in 1992, I didn't shed the tears, and I would have these doubts, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Why is it I'm not shedding tears like I hear others doing? And then right. when Melanie passed, I just broke. I, you know, I had the grief, and I even asked that question to Mark Ireland, who was a former guest on your show as well, and he said, we grieve the most for the ones we feel are closest to, which mm-hmm. was a very valid answer, but at the, the same the, time, the I didn't saying. know how to yep. feel. 
And you don't think you, you, you can also, pick your you can pick your friends. You can't pick your family. So <laughs> you also can't pick how thing. you grieve and who you grieve <laughs> over. I sure found that out exactly. very easily in that. But uh, yeah. and I tried to get over it. I tried to make myself get over it. And you read that in the twenty eighth chapter where mm-hmm. I felt like. You know, I thought, is my gift useless? Does you know? Mm-hmm. And I had an answer back. Says, the more I'm hearing this, you are still missing Melanie, and you mm-hmm. haven't given yourself the time to grieve. And it was a month and a half after that I came across you, and I thought, wow, the similarity <laughs> yep. between you and Melanie. You were you both lost a daughter at approximately age 29. You both mm-hmm. were Episcopal. You both had been raised as a Christian. You were both mediums. The only difference was that I wish that Melanie could have known what you have taught and helped others with when it came to losing her own daughter, Roxanne. The whole time I knew her, I never knew what to Mm -hmm. say to her about the loss of her daughter except to give her a hug and to tell her that I was there for her. But you you really, you, you, you took that one extra step that I wish Melanie could have heard in her lifetime, but you brought me back. Um, oh, thank you. To, to purposes nice. again myself. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the God circle. Like I said, we come with the plan. And Marcia and I often discuss that, right, Marcia, about being uh, soul, like soul sisters. Um, Marcia and I have a lot of similarities, things that we've talked privately I don't share with others or on the show, that we shock each other at times, don't we, Marcia? <laughs> well, yes, there's we many things do. that we have. We have synchronicities that I will not discuss in my books and or discuss personally with anybody in out in, in public. You know, sometimes you got to keep things low key because there's parts of your life you don't want people to know, and uh, you know, and, and go to the grave with you. Um, and it, I find it amazing how God puts people together to heal them from the past, uh, maybe something that happened 50 years ago, and then I'm talking to Marsha, she's talking to me, and oh my gosh, that same thing happened to me, and I could never talk about it, and blah, 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 and, and all of a sudden, you're not so alone, and that's what my show, besides comfort and bringing people to the Lord, I feel that it's a healing process for the human heart, you know, um, to heal old wounds, because... Um, once our loved ones, I mean, we all get angry at people, and we've lost them. And like you said about your parents, you didn't feel like you grieved them like you should. And there might have been things in your past, I don't know, or whatever, that, you know, there were things in my past. I just recently forgave my mother um, through a very gifted psychic of a friend of mine now, Mindy, out in California. She's wonderful. She's, I, I, I have to say I think she's one of the best. She, she's a thousand better, times better than me. And uh, she's good. She's good. And she's healed me. And she brought a, a couple months back uh, a circle, a group, a circle of my family for asking for forgiveness for different things that bothered me and brought healing to me. Even though I do this for others, uh, it's, it's kind of reciprocal, uh, even for me, where that's how it works, kind of like the karma in life. You know, you, you, what you give out, you get back, they say. Um, and that's what I feel. I'm giving out. I'm still hurting people. I mean, just because, like I said, I, gosh, I mean, if you look at my page, I've lost many, many friends, whatever. But I lost in a very short time 11 significant people. Parents, brother, sister, two children, two nephews, brother and sister-in-law. If you count it, it's 11 people. And my husband, uh, father-in-law, many, even more than that. But 11 very significant people, okay, plus the grandparents and the aunts and uncles. And a short amount of time. I didn't have time, like I've said before in shows, to go through the entire grieving process for one. Then I'd be slammed again. 
I was just coming to terms looking forward to Christmas this year, and then 10 days ago I lose another friend the day before my son's birthday, and I'm like, and I sit here and I talk to God and I lecture him at times. <laughs> and I'm like, I know you're the boss of me, okay? And I and I am sorry, God also gives me with a sense of humor, and we need sense of humor. But I tell him, I said, and I talk to him. And I don't, it's not just praying. I mean, I do pray, but I also, he likes you when you talk to him, you know? And I said, okay, I know you're the boss of me, and you, you're the man with the plan, but give me a break once in a while, please, because I am human, and I know I what you do or what happens in my life is for the glory of you, you know? Um, but sometimes you get pushed to a point. I, I'm, this past week, it's been very difficult for me. I'm not going to lie to you again. And I just like, okay, Peg, you've done, and I have to talk to myself, and I say, self? You've gotten through this before. You'll get through it again. Doesn't mean I'm not hurting. I'm hurting like hell right now, to be honest with you. And I'm sorry to use the word hell, but I'm hurting like hell right now. Um, I'm 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 in I'm in a deep grief for my friend and um, grieving all the others that I I'm grieving. And the holidays are coming and the empty chairs, like I say, at the table. But uh, yes, just, but even in the midst, Peg, of mm-hmm. of your hurting, you know, your friend's crossing, Betty's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're helping her her daughter so much. So yeah, even well, even you know, and and that helps you too. I mean, right. it's, it's a nice feeling to help someone who's hurting, and not to say that you weren't hurting too. But and it's not a mm-hmm. contest. That was her mother, and she was yep. your friend. But you yep. you helped her daughter an awful awful lot. Well, I'll I'll be there for her. We've been talking quite a bit every day, and. Um, you know, and I have to honestly say about the funeral on Saturday, I never met, and I'm 62 years old, and I've met lots of people in my life. I have never met such a loving, caring family as her family. They treated me like a queen at the funeral. I mean, everybody's like waiting me because I am um, I'm pretty much semi-crippled, pretty much crippled for my, I have multiple strokes, as you know. And it's hard for me to get up and fill a plate when I'm at a restaurant or whatever. Everybody's like, what do you want? And I'm, I still try to do for myself, but they, they wouldn't let me do anything. And I'm like, you know, what a wonder. She was so blessed in her 62 years to have such a wonderful, warm family and friends. I, What a lucky woman. Sometimes you can go through 100 years and not have what she had as a family. And I say God bless her family. She was blessed. She was, And I was blessed on Saturday for seeing um, – what she had in her life. So it gave me a warm feeling in my heart, you know. And we actually shared jokes and stories. And Betty and I, you know, we were friends since we were 15. We had a lot of stories as kids and funny stuff. And I had her daughter laughing, um, you know, which felt good, you know. I mean, nobody wants to go to a funeral and laugh, but you can't sit there and you mourn. But you also have to go on living, and yet, but you have to go through the grief process. It's not, people think once you get done with the funeral, you go home and it's like, okay. On with my life, you never forget anybody, whether it's the children. And children are rough, but your husband or your parents or your grandparents or whatever, you never forget any of them. You, you learn a new way of living, you know, with the empty chairs at the table. That's all I want to say to people. But what are your um, feelings on this uh, yourself, uh, uh, Marcia? What do you feel about uh, your own grieving process? Are you still in a – I well, we talk quite a bit. But how are you, where are you at almost six months into your, your grief for your husband? I have my good days and bad days. Um uh-huh. but mostly good days. I'm 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 really okay with him having crossed over because he had dementia. Mm-hmm. Um he'd been through an awful lot. Um right. 
one of the blessings, though, was that he still knew who we all were. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that was a blessing. But um, back in 2003, when all of his medical events happened to cause the, the, the dementia, um, you know, I begged God not to take him. And mm-hmm. even back then, he was looking at, at the ceiling. I walked into the ICU, and he was looking intently at the ceiling, mm-hmm. and he, he, I couldn't get his attention. And, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, Larry, and and he he wouldn't look at me, and, you know, several different times. Mm-hmm. So I took two fingers on my chin, and I something just instinctually told me to do that and made a sound. And mm-hmm. he looked at me for like a split second, and then back up, like he was watching angels. That's the that was the I was getting, like he was watching angels. Oh yeah, they do. And, and they, I just want to so, tell people whether in a coma or dementia, they are, um, they're on both sides here, people. Um, yeah. I've seen it. I, I was a specialist. Uh, I for twenty five years, I had my home nursing business, and I, I, I took care of dementia and Alzheimer's, and I lost my mother and grandfather to it. So. I've seen mm. what they do. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, finally, I you know, I tapped on my chin with two fingers, and, and I got him to look at me for a uh, you know, greater length of time, and I said, you're mm-hmm. watching the angels, aren't you? I said, don't you mm-hmm. go with them. I want you mm-hmm. to stay here with me, so, and I'll take care of you. Right. And God, God gave him to us for another 11 years. God bless you him. know, so that was a blessing. And but at, toward the mm-hmm. end, he had been through so much. He'd had, you know, a fall one year and broke a hip, and another fall another year, and mm-hmm. a slight right ankle fracture. His gallbladder had gone south, and he he'd just really been put through the Everything damage. Everything was breaking down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the dementia was taking its toll. He was <clears throat> in decline. So right. I had finally gotten to the place where I prayed. God, you know, don't put him through anymore. If just take him peacefully in his sleep, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. So yep. that that was kind of a blessing. And yes, I miss him. He, you know, he loved his movies, and he would sit and laugh, and you know, and miss the sound of his laughter. But I mm-hmm. know where he's at. And, exactly, and um, that's what my purpose is with me. the shows, and you, and you, and Kevin, and everybody else I bring on the show is my work for the Lord and your work and Kevin's work, I guess maybe they are all earth angels after what I read about this thing, um, we're, we were sent here to for healing. Though we may hurt ourselves, it's, like I said, for the glory of God. And the glory of God is to heal others and to show them unconditional love like he does for us. So, Kevin, right. what is your feeling um, on earth angels? What, what, what do you feel about Did you know anything about people specifically sent here? Are we all earth angels? I know we're all here with a plan, but some more so than others. Do you consider some people earth angels, special people, or um, what do you feel on that? Being a Well, here's what I feel. There's two scriptures I'll, I'll give you on this. First is mm-hmm. Hebrews 13:2, which says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some have entertained un- angels unaware. Yeah, and that scripture and that's my tells mother. me that they're going to look. That many times you're going to be around a person who looks like an ordinary person. They could be from any walk of life, but mm-hmm. you will not know that they are an angel, mm-hmm. and they're just looking like a person. Um, the other part is is that I know that um, Psalm eight two says that we are made a little lower than the angels, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I believe that 
You know, in fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 1 that are not angels ministering spirits sent to those who will inherit eternal life. So mm-hmm. I believe that we are who we are, um, mm-hmm. and angels are who they are, but it also mm-hmm. says in Romans eleven twenty nine that God's gifts and his callings are without repentance, meaning the idea that when God gives you a spiritual gift, such as mediumship or, mm-hmm. you know, ep- um, empathy or any of those gifts that right. he's also tied it with a special calling to your life, uh, which I think you've got a very unique one as it is, Peggy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my own, I you know, I think, you know, I don't know anyone else on earth that's really doing exactly what I'm doing, which is basically giving um, spiritual uh, scripture comfort to people who yeah. are psychically and mediumship gifted. Um, yeah, you are like the, yeah. I call you our ringleader at this point, and it's, maybe it's not a wrong name, but you are the ringleader, leader of the pack, leader of the pack, and the pack is not wolves, pack of sheep. You know, Lord, the, the shepherds, and um, because you also, um, as you say, I've helped you and brought you out of out of your, uh, well, I wouldn't say depression, but your your part of the grieving process after Melanie by me coming into your life, not that I'd ever replace her, nor would it, none of us can replace any of us. We each are unique, okay? We're all made unique. But um, you have, in turn, when I have been like, I call you up or I, I Facebook you and I'm like, I can't do this anymore, Kevin. I just, you know, this one's harassing me. And, and it's like, this is not why I'm doing this. And it's hurting me. I, I don't want it to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to heal. And then you bring it back into the proper perspective for me, Kevin. And that's where I call you the leader of the pack, okay? Because One of the you scriptures that, I've, talk I've, to me about I've, that. that came to me right now is to say, I believe it's in First Peter 4.22, if anyone serves, he should do it in the strength that God provides. And that's what I prayed for you five minutes before showtime, is mm-hmm. that you are hurting badly over Betty and... Of course, Mark again, but that mm-hmm. you would do it in his strength. And right now, I think the prayer is being answered just by you doing and talking as you are on this show. Mm-hmm. I would say yep. a big amen, amen to that. <laughs> amen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, Marsha's been Marsha's been good. She's been by my side. Thank you, Marsha, again daily, pretty much, and oh. helping me through this. And there's been a few days we didn't talk because I just, well, I, I had to be there for Michelle, uh, Betty's daughter, as much as I could, uh, because I felt that's what I needed to do, and that's what Betty needed me, wanted me to do, and Michelle was reaching out to me. And I actually brought her comfort. Uh, I'll share a quick quick story. I don't know if I've t- talked about it before. I don't. I can't remember. I'm, I'm really tired. It's been a long week with all this. And um, so anyhow, um, Michelle, I, I, I have... I go to Mindy pretty much now. She's my friend. We exchange readings all the time. If we're out in California, me here. She is wonderful, very gifted. Um, and the past two times when I needed some spiritual advice, she turns out giving me a message for other people, people she don't even know that I know. Uh, a friend of my son's who passed on my birthday this year, I got a message for him. She had no idea. But she, and we didn't discuss this kid or anything. But he came through in a way where it was able for her, you know, we were playing operator without um, without screwing up the message, okay? But I, in turn, the message she gave me, even though I was asking her for a reading, I got a message to give to the father, and I, I gave it to him. And it was just what he was praying for. So I was able, through her, my reading, for me being read, to heal somebody else again, not just through me reading people. 
you know. So I find a lot of people that are very close to me. I can't. I mean, I, I think we kind of put a wall up because you know because you do know them well. Not that I haven't. I've read family members and whatever and uh, friends, but not to the extent I would read somebody if you call and call Turkey on my show. And I read you, and I don't know you from, I don't know you from anywhere. You know, I've never met you before, or ever even spoken to you, and know anything about you. Um, it's kind of tough when you're close in a situation. You know, the point I was trying to make, Kev, about the uh, Earth Angels thing. You know, I read this thing, and I I saw a lot of. They talked about what an Earth Angel. I, I'm sure there's degrees of like ranks of angels. Okay. Uh, there's guardian angels, there's uh, spiritual advisors, there's this, there's that. Um, but this spoke specifically about people like us that are out there, um, who no religion, who've taught Sunday school, gone to church, you know, practiced, you know, uh, the, the normal religion. And um, that there were a lot of similarities. Uh, Marcia, you read the article, too. Would you like to relate some of the messages that you got out of that? Uh, the similarities of people like us that have sp- uh, the spiritual gift? Well, we're sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Easily you know, bullied, too, by the way. <laughs> well, see, that one didn't apply to me. I was, uh, because <laughs> I oh, didn't I'm, I'm learning to fight back now. <laughs> but, but I fought I, back, I, I, I used yeah. to be easily bullied. Yeah, I used to be easily bullied because of being so sensitive. I took uh, a lot of things to heart. Yeah. yeah. Can be shy. Um you have a feeling of a mission, but you're mm-hmm. you're not sure what it what is that you're here to do. Um, Sixty years of it for me <laughs> before I, know, I did, right? Um, oh my gosh. And like a, a mission or a plan that you're you're supposed to be here. You're different in some way, mm-hmm. um, in a good way, you know. But yeah, in in a class full of kids, if you're different, then they tend to you're pick the, on you. You're the oddball. You're the odd Right, yeah. And um, that's the way I used to feel as a young child. I used to feel, you know, I, I'd make the jokes and I got everybody laughing because a lot of that is the false bravado, I think, of, of having a gift um, because you don't understand it. You're a kid. What do you know? You're You're still learning. And I'm only comfortable in my own skin now at 62 because... I don't care who mocks me anymore or whatever. I know what I'm doing. I know it's right. I know it's from God. I am content with that. I'm at peace. My whole life, I wasn't at peace. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, I was happy-go-lucky for most of it, even through all the trauma. But I have to honestly tell you, until I came out and knew what I was supposed to be doing, I, I have such a peace even through the deep pain of my human grief that I can finally be who God meant me to be and that and and look back to my childhood and understand that child thinking why did I feel different and this article talked about that you do feel different you know you know there's something because you are getting messages not just for other people but you know they're directly from the Lord himself and I, I, I remember as a young kid getting and I felt like it was from the Lord and I'm like, why am I thinking this, or why am I feeling this? But and, and people go to me, um, even at the funeral the other day. It's like I had a couple of people didn't understand this, and, but were really interested. And like, well, do you hear voices? Uh, no, I'm not schizophrenic. Okay, I don't. No, I don't hear voices. You know, it's not like somebody whispers in my ear. Not that I haven't. Um, things haven't happened since my children died. There's been things. Um, but when I do a reading, I don't hear voices in my ear. I hear it in my mind. Okay. Right. Um, I 
new thing in the past months or whatever, when I close my eyes sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I just seem to close my eyes for no reason. I, I do get visions. Um, I've had um, a visit to the other side uh, about a year ago, my first um, uh, dream visit with my, both my children, and it was not a dream. It was a visit. It was a visit. And that's related to the Christine uh, and the show I did with Christine and Sonny. Um, so, you know, I don't really care. They can mock me. They can throw stones at me. And it, and it comes back again and to being a Christian. I don't put myself anywhere close to who Jesus Christ is because he is the Son of God. But I can only, only imagine, only imagine, like people can't imagine losing a child, but I can only imagine what our poor Lord and Savior went through, you know, um, being hung on that cross. But he was mocked. He was put down. He was called evil. So, you know what, I am um, giving thanks to my Lord, you know, Jesus Christ and and, and to God, to, um, it may sound weird, but, you know, he, with the mocking and whatever, even the Son of God was mocked. So, and if he can do it, and we are made in the Lord's image, we can, we can handle this. And that, that's where strength comes in. How do you both feel about that? Either one of you can take the floor. Kevin, you want to remark on that? Go ahead, Marcia. Oh, <laughs> balls in my court. Um, well, I get, I I've had messages, um, and like you, Peggy, I don't hear um, other people talking to me. Um, right. And th- these are all metting out to be true. Um, mm-hmm. Life's not fair. Nope. Um, yeah, this is this is just I'm driving along one day in my car and I don't have the radio on and I hear life's not fair. And mm-hmm. another time it's okay to be poor cuz you know the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, but then I, I, it said the third one I heard is that I will be a force to be reckoned with. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but since Larry's passing um you know, he had a brother, and the estate was supposed to be split both ways. There's enough money that his mother left to pay off the mortgage on the house. The rich mm-hmm. brother founded with all of it. There's mm-hmm. my life's not fair. Right, right. I mean, and um, since the mortgage isn't paid off, and you know, um, you're struggling. I, yeah, struggling. yeah, yeah. Um, I should also I'm say, Marcia sure. has some physical <laughs> issues. You don't have to mention them, but you're struggling. You know, yeah. so she's, you know, my age, she's almost 62, and, uh, you know, just because we do this show and we're intelligent doesn't mean we we ain't got bills, all three of us do, you know, right. but we're doing this for free, guys, you know, I'm telling the audience, we're doing this for free, yeah, we could use money, yes, but uh, we're doing this work for free, and a lot of, that bothers some people that charge for it, I think, too, but go ahead, honey. Well, I'm grateful, <laughs> I to get my little I'm grateful. Um, yeah. I mean, there shouldn't be a mortgage on the house. Um, Larry's mom left enough money to pay off the mortgage, and mm-hmm. the rich brother took it all. So, right. you know, yep. he's he's going to probably have some some dealings with God that he's not going to be very um, pleased about. But mm-hmm. I'm just happy to have a roof over our heads. You know, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that. And, and the whole it's okay to be poor um, has brought me uh, closer in in the sense the that he's providing day, on yeah. daily. Yeah. Um, the force to be reckoned with, I don't know. I do see lights. 
um, mm-hmm. since my mom died. And I've done some laying on of hands and, and healing for people. Um, right. And, you know, they say, thank you. You know, they're right. all, I, they, I can't believe you just healed my back or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the lights show me where the pain emanates from. And right. they'll thank me, and I'll say, don't thank me, thank God, because this is mm-hmm. a gift, you know, that he has, you know, given me to to use to help others. So, no so, pun intended, you are definitely a light worker. I'm, uh, I'm just making a little joke about it. <laughs> no, because you do see the lights, and, and, and I'm not making light of it, because I know she does. We've discussed it in detail. Um, I just want to bring um, Kevin into this. Um, Kevin, um, you've had some problems with, I mean, uh, we're in this day and age where the, um, you know, internet sales and, 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 you know, people are out of jobs, and you've had a little struggle the past year with that yourself, you know, and, and, and you being into accounting had to, uh, you know, start over again yourself, right? So yeah, you, you, I, basically I've been at a job for eight years. They cut my hours in February. Um, right. Then I found another job that was full-time. I mm-hmm. was out of work in six weeks there, found another. I was out of week working four more weeks. It was a very much up and down thing. The main thing I think that got me through most of it was to thank the Lord for everything he did do and mm-hmm. that he provided when he needed provide, we needed providing. Um, mm-hmm. We got through the, the struggles of this. And one thing you said to me in February when my hours were cut, Biggie, and you were absolutely right about it, was mm-hmm. you said the Lord is giving you this time while you're searching mm-hmm. for work as a gift to complete that Melanie book. And what happened right. was that the the first job offer, the one that lasted six weeks, I got that offer on the day I completed the first draft of the book. So you mm-hmm. were just right to the day on that one. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, um, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh, um, you know. And um, that's part of the, again, the circle of life. Um, you know, the the what is it, the bird song I always talk about? Uh, there's a time to be born, a time to live, a time to die. Everything's seasons. It's all about the seasons. Just the seasons change, so do people. Uh, we're meant to. Uh, it would be pretty boring, wouldn't you think, if we stayed the same? Because then, well, if you keep on texting people, you're going to stay that robot. <laughs> I do. I, I hate texting. You guys both know that. Um, but, no, I'm saying that uh, it, it would be boring life, you know, from the human aspect of it, if everything stayed the same. Um, because, you know, God does gift us with these brains, and uh, we are human computers. That's what computers are designed from. And we have to use the brains, and we have to, and it has to be stimulated uh, like anything else. You, it would atrophy if it didn't, you know. And um, so that's all part. Change is all part of the, the lessons we need to learn. Um, do you both feel agree with me on that, or what are your um, hypotheses about that? About uh, uh, the lessons being learned here. I mean, I talked to you both before. You both agree that it is all about a lesson here. Lessons here, right? Definitely. Well, I agree with. Go ahead, Marcia. No, I, I, I'm just sort of like, I have a basic philosophy. Um, as mm-hmm. a caregiver, I wasn't allowed to go to church. I, you know, now that I'm allowed to go to church, uh, living here right in, smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt, um, <laughs> I don't know which church to choose. 
but um, I do have a very personal relationship with God, and and mm-hmm. I've come a lot closer to God with everything that's happened. You know, the loss of Larry, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you're an animal person, Kevin, or not, but the month after I lost Larry, I had to have my my dog put down, and she was my baby. So yeah. you know, it's two months in a row. I was like freaked out because. You know, that's Kevin has chickens. Loss. Check it, Kevin. Right? You, you and uh, Santa all have chickens, right? So Who are you? they're very close to animals, and 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 Santa works with animals, if I recall, right? Right. She she's had dogs. She, you know, we've had uh, miniature horse chickens. We the the dog incident was, um, you know, we don't raise doves, but uh, that was another sign that began the day after Melanie's passing was that we have a chicken coop and we have what we call the goose coop. What happened was that every day for a while, starting with the day after Melanie's passing, a dove would go into the goose coop and not be able to find its way out, but yet it would be, even though it was a wild dove, it would be tame enough to allow Stana to pick it up in her hands. She'd walk outside the coop, open her hands, and it would fly away. And and for roughly two weeks it happened every day, then it became like every other day, or a little more Mm -hmm. infrequent, but it still happens to this day. It might be, you know, once a week or every two weeks now in 2015, but, you know, that was another sign, was the the dove getting into the coop and not finding its way out every single day. Right, Um, right. Wow. Well, my, my philosophy is that, you know, we have a mission, each one of us, um, and basically it's to come to learn what we couldn't in the heavenly realm. So we need the bodily existence um, to teach others who may come across our paths if they're willing to learn and to love one another. And it, it's, it's just that simple. Treat each other, you know, golden rule, of course. But um, that's my basic philosophy and that we chose to come here to learn the lessons that we couldn't in heaven. Marshall, when you were talking about the healings and how you always gave the glory to the Lord when you uh, laid your hands on someone, uh, the scripture that came to my mind was Proverbs 3, 6, which is, you know, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I I lived by that the whole time I taught Sunday school and beyond, even to this talk show, that as much as I acknowledge that the Lord is behind anything that I do, that he takes the next step. He leads me to the next step. I don't have to figure it out because he will guide us as long as we keep giving him the credit. And I was so glad to hear you say that when you were talking about laying hands on and healing. Yes. I, um, I firmly believe it's it's not something that I was, you know, just born with. It, it was a gift. And we each get different gifts. So we needn't yeah. be jealous of others who have maybe stronger gifts or better gifts or... We we all just need to work together to help help others. Um, with yeah, our- well, do you, we've seen that, and Marcia, you and I discuss it personally. Some other people that are in this field seem to get jealous of others. <laughs> Why is it? What what what? Well, actually, I'm going to ask Kevin this. What would your feeling be that somebody that's also been given the gift, and uh, I find some that are charging seem to have a jealousy against people that don't charge and have the gift. What do you think that's about? Well, I think the jealousy, and I, I, even when it's not an issue of money, you know. Right. Um, 
I, I've been many times where I'm sitting around a table talking, and I'm the only non-psychic there. My, my right. spiritual gift is teaching. And mm-hmm. you know, it would be Melanie who would first say, you know, seven mediums are a dime a dozen, referring to how many are out there. But she mm-hmm. said, I only know one person doing what you're doing. And it was, mm-hmm. she would bring it right back into the perspective of that. But right. let's go back to what you said. I actually wrote a chapter, the 10th mm-hmm. chapter in my first book, about whether a person should charge or not for the use of a spiritual gift. And what it was is that basically in the society in Israel, Jesus would say, you know, if they invite you to stay in your home or set something before you, you know, accept it because a worker is worthy of his keep. You know, we don't have the same hospitality culture that ancient Israel had. And when Mm -hmm. Paul was in other parts of the world, he said, for example, to a Thessalonian church, you know, we work night and day not to be a burden to you. And I explain this in the book that if a person accepts money for the use of their mm-hmm. gift, it's mm-hmm. not wrong. But if you don't accept money, as Paul did, and he had other reasons besides this, but he says, mm-hmm. I have a reward for myself up in heaven. Right. You know, I'm, I know I'm not saying this all right, but I did detail it pretty much in that 10th chapter of my first and, and you're not saying because you accept money that you're not going to get a reward in heaven also, though. Uh, I'm not saying that at that all. Because, okay. you know, because, but I am saying that, you know, some will do it because of that. You know, Paul had other motives. One was that you had a lot of, um, uh, you know, in the Greek culture, you had a lot of very great orators who could really dazzle with words, and they charged. And Paul right. said, you know, I'm not an eloquent person. He said, uh-huh. but he said that, you know, I am not inferior to those who are what he calls super apostles, people who are great orators and could really dazzle a crowd. Mm-hmm. But he says, you know, if I preach without charge, he says, what is my reward? But that I mm-hmm. have, you know, a reward in heaven. You know, I, wow. I it's just better in the book than I am right now. No, that's fine, but, because I've often asked that, too, because people, you know, I've gotten people, general population, that they, they've mocked me and made fun of me and called me, I'm a scammer and whatever, and I, I laugh because how do you scam when you don't take a penny for what you do? I'm not, I, I could be doing other things at 62, even though I'm half crippled, you know, and I don't have to do this. I do this because I'm working for God, and some people just don't get it. Um, um, but my problem is, too, and... You know, I, I'm going through something right now financially and, and, and uh, a big move, and uh, I'm hurting myself and I'm worried about things. And I've had friends say, well, why don't you start charging for the readings, you know? My problem is when they start charging astronomical amounts is my problem. What's your feeling on that? Because I, I people making several hundred dollars for an hour reading and off of someone newly grieving especially, I, I have a problem with and I didn't I got into the topic of because I, yeah, well, you know, in mm-hmm. saying that, you know, when Jesus, as I, I go back to that part where he allowed the disciples to accept what was graciously given to them for their, what their work right. was, the yeah. thing was, in Ephesians five five, it says, you know, you know that you know that no greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. So mm-hmm. you know you have to set a standard. You 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 know what a fair professional rate is for something. Let's say that you say, okay, a reading is forty or fifty dollars. Well, that might be equivalent to going to a doctor. I mean, I'm just making right. this up. It may not be in line with reality, but let's say you know it's reasonable. If you're going to charge five hundred or a thousand for the reading, you know 
then you're getting a little bit out of line. And I also use the example that Melanie would say. She said, like, if you got a lost child out there, and mm-hmm. you know what that child is, is it fair to say, okay, plunk down $500 and I'll tell you the location of your child, when you've got other people out there volunteering their time and their efforts in going without sleep, Dark searching thing. everywhere for this child, and they're not asking a penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, that's something that, that's been eating at me for a while now. And um, I just feel that, you know, that maybe charging isn't wrong, but astronomical two, three, four, five, whatever is ridiculous. You know, to me, that's where I don't know. I almost feel it's almost, uh, you know, they got the gift, but it's it's turning dark because of it, and that bothers me. Maybe I'm thinking wrong, but being that you are so scripted, you know, with the you know verse in the Bible and whatever, I wanted to find your feelings on that because I. I've discussed it with other friends of mine that do it free also and to help people. And and I know some others that charge, you know, a few hundred dollars a reading. I, it takes a lot of energy and time. I understand that. And you, it's like. Right. Well, I'm not really but, trying to know, pitch the book so much. There's a lot, you know, I think if a person's really struggling with the idea of charging for the use of their gift, I don't know who else has written on it, but I know that I wrote mine from a scriptural standpoint. And if a person wants to. Order that if you know if you go on Kindle and order it, you know it'd be a lot cheaper. But you can read right there and get a, a scriptural assurance if you've been mm-hmm. struggling with the idea of whether to charge for the use of a of a spiritual gift. And right, right. you know, so yeah, I can say it's not so much to pitch, but to put somebody's mind at rest who has mm-hmm. a psychic or medium gift or a gift of healing or something that the world says, you know, I want what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, I've also said that too, and I have—I really don't have a problem. But it's just the, the, when they start charging crazy amounts more than a doctor or going to see a psychiatrist or a grief counselor. Um, maybe I'm—I'm I'm being a little too opinionated on it, but you know, a lot of these people—they they didn't have insurance like myself, and and uh, you're struggling to pay funeral bills prior. Gets medical uh, bills that you're still faced with, even though they're gone, and and then you're looking for some kind of um, peace, and you go to see somebody, and they charge you a few hundred dollars for an hour, and I just I don't know I just I don't know how I feel about that, and I've been struggling with that to be honest with you. I've been really struggling about that, you know, <clears throat> and wondering. And I know you yourself, Kevin, has said to me, you know, why don't you charge? You are struggling. And what have you. And I've put a site up, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'll charge. And then I've had people come, and I swear to you, and God knows, it's between me and God, I've not charged a penny. People have come to me, a few people, and um, you know, here to my home, and I, I wouldn't take their money. I just felt like I couldn't take their money. I, but I've always been kind of like that, you know. I'm a giver, not a taker, you know. And uh, But on the other hand, I've toyed with it, you know, because, I, I, you know, people told me I shouldn't. But it's just the big amounts bother me, and I just don't. Well, the what Bible they... says in Acts twenty four sixteen, he says, I, Paul said, I strive to have a clear conscience before God and men. So if it bothers your conscience to charge, then you're doing the right thing by heeding that, Peggy. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been and I've talked. Like I said, I've talked to several people about it, and you know, some are like, "Peggy should charge." You know, you, you know, you you need help yourself right now. You're, you're you have astronomical debts right now, and uh, and I'm just like, I just felt like I couldn't. You know, that God's going to provide some other way. You know, so that's right. the way I've, I've lived my life. It's just that I did have, you know, like I said, not to say the same thing over, be repetitive, but just when they start charging a few hundred. 
500, whatever. You know, I just seem that's kind of out of hand, and I don't know why they do that, you know? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but if if, if you have, say, a, a really good medium, and right. you know that they're a Christian medium, they believe in God and all this, and mm-hmm. they're struggling, I don't think God would have a problem with that person charging for a session because they're struggling right. and it's like a gift to that person in order to make things, you know, a living and mm-hmm. meet. Yeah. Right. And um, I agree with you, Marsha. Yeah. I, I do. That's why I say, I, I don't say that it's wrong to charge, but in the conscious where Peggy, it was upsetting her conscience to do it in a particular instance. Then I say to follow the conscience, but it's like I was saying before, Jesus himself encouraged that when his disciples did work for the kingdom of heaven, that they were worthy of their keep. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm fully in support of what you're saying, Marcia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, I like I said, I, I guess I guess the gist of the conversation is it's the, the it's the big bucks. Is that you know if you've got let's say you're seeing two or three people a day, you're in charge of a couple hundred a day, you're making like eight hundred dollars a day. Um, some people don't make that in a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it just seems I don't know. It just seems. Um, I don't know. I just feel it's greedy, and it's 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 off of people's pain, and you, you can give the same service and charge a, a less amount, which wouldn't be so difficult for people that are going through difficult times. You know, I don't know. That's that's where I have the issue. It's it's the big bucks that bothers me. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't see myself charging if I did to do that. You know, when I like I said, I've been mocked and whatever, and called a scammer, and I laugh. Uh, you know, it's like. If you don't take anything from anybody, how am, I, how am I scamming anybody? You know, of course, these are, and that we come back to people that are jealous of your gift or they have nothing, free time in their hands, and that's the kind of people they are. They're just mean spirited, you know? So that's why I kind well, of just shrug that stuff off now. So When I've been able to lay hands on people and, and actually heal them, and, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm just in awe of God's mm-hmm. power. You know, mm-hmm. so if they say, "Oh, thank you," I say, don't thank me. Thank God, because yep. I, I'm just as happy as they are that they're, you know, feeling better, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm joyous. And to me, that's payment enough. Of course, that's it's a reward like in itself. People lined up at my door. You know, if, if mm-hmm. that were the case, then you know, and they wanted to take up all your time, then yeah, you might, you might say, "Okay, well, I'm." I still have to live. I still have to eat. Um, yes. It, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It, so I agree, and I totally there. agree about that. <laughs> I, and I've said it on my shows before, you know, people come into the world with a gift of music. Uh, people come and they charge for their concerts. People come in with the gift of carpentry and they charge for their work because we have to put food on the table and pay our bills. I have no problem with that. You know, but uh, I just, I don't know, I just feel in this category, not that I'm not saying you shouldn't charge at all, which right now I haven't, but it's just the big big amounts that they charge. It's like, um, like I said, more than a doctor that's gone through medical school for eight years, you know? Um, I, I don't understand why people do that. And, and what I think I'm asking you, Kevin, is that, you know, a gift, but is it from God when they charge the big bucks or not? That's what I need well, to answer. That's what I'm looking for. The, answer the, one, thing, the one thing I, I try to make sure is kept separate in, in my first book is the idea that the <coughs> source of the gift is, is not connected to how you operate with the gift. It's just like we're all born with arms and legs. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, some of us use it for good, some of us use it to get our hands in trouble. You know, mm-hmm. the idea is that a gift is still from God, um, okay. and if somebody does not acknowledge God for that gift, it's still from God. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, you you don't hear any record except in First Thessalonians two nine about the man of lawlessness, but elsewhere in the Bible there's no record of Satan giving anybody a gift. Okay, that's uh, that's one of the questions I'm asking you. Yep, yep. But but the reality is still is our own motives. You know, this is what I said. Ephesians five five says no greedy person has an inheritance in the kingdom of God. There's a difference mm-hmm. between reasonable work, and I agree that, you know, if you're a skilled carpenter or something, you, you deserve some serious dollars because, again, whether a person's home that they depend upon to live in is going to hold together, right, depends upon your skill. And exactly. if you are skilled, you deserve what you got paid so that that person has a safe and secure home. Um, Amen. But at the same time, if if it's, way, if it's in, inordinate, uh, you know, you're you are saying, well, because I built up this reputation, you know, yet you got a thousand for a fifteen minute reading. Um mm-hmm. and you know, the thing is is that Luke twelve forty eight says to whom much is given, much is required. If whoever mm-hmm. is given a gift and I go into more detail in the book, but we're we are accountable for our gifts and if they say to you, Peggy, I gave mm-hmm. you a gift to be a medium, an empath, to speak out you could stand there and say, Lord, I used your gift to comfort people who were hurting as me. Thank you for the lesson you taught me with Mark and Meg. And I turned that around. And with my mm-hmm. gift, I showed others to look for the signs to know their loved ones are still here. You know, mm-hmm. and you'd you know, be eagerly looking forward to him saying, you know, Peggy, well done, good and faithful servant. Right, right. And that's, and that's but, one, and I have to tell you, every... Time and I, I don't pay for any readings anymore. I don't have to because I have many people through the show um, that are we we exchange we we barter. You know, I read them, they read me, and uh, yeah. I have great appreciation for their work, and they also vice versa with me. And um, so I'm 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 okay with this, uh, you know. But I I think back to when I did, uh, you know, going through it, and I was struggling, but. In such pain that I I needed the messages, and I'm not singling just anybody. And I've seen more than one person, you know, and done that, and paid. And um, uh, you know, you you want to just see if you're going to get the same answer sometimes, especially in the beginning. You know, you know, oh, yes. you kind of put your feelers out. And uh, and I'm not putting anybody down for it because well, the readings were absolutely wonderful. Okay, and I, I give them a lot of credit and brought me great peace when I needed it the most. You know. But as I've gotten into this, I've seen some things that I'm <clears throat> probably because I am so in tune these days with my gift. Uh, I've, I, I'm fine tuned, uh, not totally, but I fine tune my own gift, and so now I'm seeing things in a different perspective in many ways. And uh, certain things do irk me, uh, bother me to a point, you know. That um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like of uh, uh, just I just I hate greed. I hate greed. And I just needed to ask you that, especially Kevin. I've talked to Marsha about it. I've talked to some other people about what their feelings were about it. And you you told me, too, you know, you should charge to a point. You know, you don't have to get crazy with it. You know, it's just the people that get crazy with it. And, and like you said, I, I know a good carpenter uh, deserves his pay, and everybody works at their own rate and whatever. I just feel like in this category, 
when you charge big bucks, you're, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right for for me. I don't know. It doesn't feel right for me for even for other people to do it. I, I have, I'm bothered by that, you know. And I don't know why well, they upset me so much. I've never charged anybody for anything either, but mm-hmm. to me, the, the whole issue comes down to like free will. Right, okay. and I was going to mention that before when he was talking about that free will. Even yeah. even a, a you know carpenter, a very talented carpenter, may see mm-hmm. an elderly woman who needs help but can't afford it, so he'll he'll do it gratis. You know, he'll do it for free. Yeah, um, a little pro bono. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and you know, so it's it's um, a lot of, uh, in the person's heart too. I think. I mean, the mm-hmm. first reading I ever had was from Sunny Wells, and I couldn't afford to pay her for it, and so she did it for free, which I thought mm-hmm. was sweet of her. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sort of like, um, so it, it's a controversial subject, but yeah, uh, yeah. there are those that, that pay, you know, charge exorbitant amounts, and mm-hmm. they are, you know, making a profit or making a living off of people mm-hmm. who are grieving and hurting. And yeah. They they should still be able to see that. So it makes mm-hmm. me wonder about how pure their gift is, or if it's not. Yeah, that's 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 what I that's what I've been trying to figure out. Way. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I I say the dark comes in because greed is dark, and and that's and Kevin, thank you for answering it from the scriptures because you, you know I know we're free will. We, God gives us the gifts, and we have a free will. I chose my whole life to not really use the gift until I felt I had the Lord brought me to a where it was not even really kind of free will anymore. I he just kept letting leading me to, you know, the water. Um, you know, like the horse let the water, you can't make him drink it, but he was making me drink it finally, you know? And um I just felt I had to do it. I I felt like I had no self control over doing the show. I was led to the show. I, I I never in my wildest dream, prior to almost two years I've been doing it, ever thought I was going to do a radio show. I never. I mean, over the years, as far as writing a book, I always wanted to, and I started books years ago. When I'm like, yeah, and then I, I let it go and whatever, until the right time. And everything I think is timing in in the Lord's eyes. Uh, when it's meant to be, you know, like, and we come back to the song again, like I said, by the birds, there's a season for everything. And it was my season to get that first book out. Um, the other books are still being written, you know, it's been, some were supposed to be out a couple of years ago, but I have things in between my health, uh, other projects that I do, and when they're meant to come out, they're going to come out, Okay. You know, no one, no one. There's not, you know, no, uh, nothing having said that that it's got to be out next week because people want it. I've had people like, when I, I'm, oh, I just read the second book and third book, and when they're ready, they're ready. It's all in the Lord's timing. I have no control over that. God's perfect timing. You just said it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's all about what He wants when He wants. Right now, I'm dealing with something that I'm, I'm not going to discuss. I, my closest friend, you guys know. Um, and I'm very stressed, and, uh, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, and, uh, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, both of you, and uh, so yes. I'm kind of back to square one, and, and I'm saying, okay, and my closest friends and family that know the situation said, the Lord has something better coming for you, and I truly believe that. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm yeah. not going to stress over it anymore. I'm yes, am I stressed? Yes, I'm human. 
um, because it's it's a it's a major thing. But on the other hand, my belief in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, and knowing that He loves me unconditionally, and uh, that He will provide for me. There was a time that you know that I felt like I was like okay. It didn't happen, but there was reasons. But it brought me to who I am today, who I'm supposed to be. Right. But I'm getting old and tired and weary, okay? I'm not going to lie. And uh, I don't have the strength that I had or the endurance I had 20 years ago to go through what I'm going through right now. And I'm asking, and I talked, like I said, it's not just prayers, but I talked to our Lord. And I have conversations with him. And, you know, it's not like we sit here and, like, you you know, getting the communication that way, as you know. I'm just telling him, I said, this is the way it is, God. This is the way I feel, and I really, I'm telling you, I can't. I'm too old to go through this right now, and I need your help, and it's bigger than me. And any time I find in the past couple of years anything that's bigger than me, instead of, like, being on the verge of an nervous breakdown where I've been in my life before, I, I say, it's bigger than me, Lord. I'm giving it to you. I'm going to let you handle it. And that's the way I live my life now. So I'm yeah. going to let him handle it, you know, uh, whatever he sees fit and puts in my path. And he knows what my needs are. And uh, he well, knows I'm getting old and weary. First and, Peter 5, uh, 7 says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Yep, exactly. exactly. And that's why I love having you in my life, Kevin. Because you put things in such perspective birds. from what he, he writes. I'm sorry, Marcia, go ahead. I said I have a thing about the birds, the passage where, you know, he takes care of the birds of the field, what makes us think he's not going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. The only thing he asks for that same passage is he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all mm-hmm. these things will be added to you, Marcia. Right, yeah. Wow. So I have bird feeders out front. Sometimes it's a stale loaf of bread or, you know, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, they just because of that passage, they also need to eat. Winter time's coming, and a lot of times oh, they yes. get you know just little sparrows or junk birds. I call them because they're not colorful. But uh, today we had a squirrel, a big fat one, and um, <laughs> a, a red-headed woodpecker. He, he was so neat looking. So Aww. I take joy in and things like that, and pretty sunsets and stuff yep. that's free. Yep. I mean, it's just there, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. That's another uh, Beatles song. The best things in life are free, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but except they, but give me money. But <laughs> they were wrong at that part. <laughs> yeah. But the best thing in life, you can't, you can't put a price tag on it. Number I one, you know, one thing I, I discovered a couple of weeks ago when we were teaching a lesson on thanking because it was Thanksgiving week, and as you know, Scripture says in Philippians four four to make your requests known to Him with prayers and supplications and thanksgiving. And I thought, what's the word supplication mean? It's one of these mm-hmm. you know high sounding religion words, but I thought right. you know the basic root form of the word supplication is supply. And basically, right. just like when Marcia said about setting out the bread for the birds, she is supplying. So when you're praying and asking, you're thanking, but you're also supplying. And even in First mm-hmm. uh, Timothy 5, you know, he talks about the widow who with prayer and supplication. Now, she had no money because she needed the help of the church. What did she have to supply? Wisdom and knowledge, things to pass down her work. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and so you know, your supply doesn't always have to mean a physical object. It could be teaching somebody a, a trick or two about 
mm-hmm. to do a task better and more efficiently so that your skill is more valuable or that person's skill is more valuable. Exactly. All and that's what I, I do. I take, that's what, like I always say, I've said it on every show, that I take the lemons and turn them into lemonade. I don't sit there and just sit there and be sour about the lemons in my life, you know. I try yes. to make something sweet from it, and I would, but you know, like I said, and I'm not going to discuss it on the show because it's really nobody's business but my closest, dearest friends, what I'm going through. Um, I was devastated, but I felt it was the right thing to do as much as um, I wanted what I wanted. Um, it wasn't right, obviously, and so the Lord is closing, had to close the door to open a new one, you know like he does with everything else in life. And so, like I said, I'm giving it to him right now. And uh, am I scared? Heck yeah. I'm still scared. But I have peace about it because I feel, I feel in my heart that he will, um, something better's coming for me, you know. And um, I'm going to give it to him and and pray and pray on it and talk, continue talking to him about it, you know. Which is something, like I said, 20 years ago, I just... Oh my gosh! I, I, I'd be on a, really. Uh, I'd be hysterical right now. You know, I wouldn't be able to talk if, if what I'm going through again right now is happened 20 years ago. But I do have a peace because of um, the closeness I have with him now, more so than ever. And uh, I believe he's going to provide something at the right time, and uh, and it's going to be able to give me uh, even more. Uh, be, let me be even more giving of my time uh, in the right situation to help others. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Well, sometimes so, when when you're um, in fear, um, you know what the acronym FEAR, false evidence mm-hmm. appearing real? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that that's Satan trying to plant um, the fear within you. So... You know, you're worried more about what's going to happen in your situation mm-hmm. than about, you know, giving it to God. And that's his way of pulling you away from God. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's sort of like, okay, uh, yes, it's scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you it's not. Life is scary. And yeah, and you both like know, know what I'm what talking about. Next. You know, because you are personal friends yeah. of mine. Um, but... Um, and it is a very scary situation right now, but uh, I believe, like you said, that I'm instead of 20 years, like I said, going 20 years back, I'd be sitting there and giving in to Satan's uh, wishes of me sitting here crying and ranting and raving and being miserable. I decided I'm going to just deal with this and have a good holiday and we'll go from there, you know. I'm not going to let anything um, put a wall up, um, you know, and uh, and it, and I feel it's all, like I said, another season, another, you know, it's timing, it's all about timing. So that's what I'm doing right now. So that's that's part of my growth in 20, the past 20 years. So, you know, I've kind of did a complete 360 from then, you know, and, and things of this situation, you know, uh, situation that I'm in. So that's where I'm at, you know, and uh, we haven't had anybody that wanted to talk tonight, even in our chat room. I'm, I don't know, everybody's, maybe everybody's so into the holidays right now. I found it, I think, last year, too, and we've had some just listening and not in the queue, and uh, plus I'm, you know, kind of pooped. I didn't, I, I didn't sleep well. I've been sleeping very well in the past couple of months, thank goodness, but I, I had a rough time last night, and it's, I guess it's part of the grieving process, so I think it's... Maybe God, okay, you got to get the word out tonight about, you know, the people attending funerals and what we're talking about tonight. And 
Uh, maybe I just didn't have the strength to read people tonight, so he's he's giving me another blessing in a way. Still, but I'm able to do some work tonight, you know. And uh, I think that's that's cool. Now, now watch me get bombarded with fifty calls. <laughs> God, God's a trickster. <laughs> He's a funny guy. <laughs> oh, I have evidence. Recent evidence. Kevin, yeah. um, Larry, and I used to. Well, we had an office in South Florida, and all these feral cats lived in this empty field. It was, it was located by the Everglades. And I kept finding mutilated kittens. I guess raccoons will will get to kittens. And so I started trapping the pregnant mamas to take them home so they could have their litters in peace. And we wound up with 85 cats all at once. And I was not happy. He wouldn't let my, Larry would not let me try to get them adopted out. He, he got attached to everyone. Five months to the day of Larry's passing, here comes this kitten. Right oh, this was a couple me. weeks ago. It was funny. She, what, she told me this story. It's hysterical. Yeah. He, I mean, he he found me. I was not looking for another pet, obviously. And I, I call him Moxie because that's not a word you hear very often. You got Moxie, kid. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he's, he's a character that tells me that Larry and, and God both have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Well, you know what? And... and, and Kevin, you're the expert quoting the Bible, but one thing I do get out of it is we are created in God's image. Um, so if we have sense of humor, so does the big guy. I call him big guy sometimes because I think he laughs at me when I do that, you know. So yeah. he, he he blessed me with the gift of the sense of humor. I mean, I had people literally, and I, I don't know why at funerals, I get the ball rolling. <laughs> I had people, we'd go outside, you know, someone would go out to smoke their pipe or cigarette or whatever, whatever, and I'd go outside to get some air. And I literally had people rolling in the aisles on Saturday. And I'm thinking, Betty would want that. Betty would want, and it kind of like that thin line between, um, you know, crying at a wedding and laughing at a funeral, you know. It's a fine line between crying and laughing. It's true. Why, why, it's kind of like, why do we park in a driveway and drive in a parkway? You know, God's little tricks, you know. And I had people, and the more I was making people laugh, because I believe it, I have this side that maybe either, well, you've, I think you've seen it to a bit, but once you get me going, I come out with these one-liners. I don't know where they – another gift I have. And I get the the joy out of watching other people laugh. And the more they laugh, the more I'm laughing, and the more I'm coming out with stuff. And it kind of broke up the monotony of Saturday after the funeral when we all went to the restaurant, you know. And it really felt good to see such a um, sad day. And believe me, we were all brokenhearted. But like I said, what a lovely family and friends. And um, met some new friends, met some new people through this and um, who are wonderful. And um, I was blessed by that. And, um, and you know, it kind of is a testament to Betty because I have never heard anybody. And it, it, I mean, she she had a great heart. She had a great heart. And for some reason, she idolized me. And I kept saying, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I could do no wrong. I'm like, really, what's wrong with you? Wake up. Maybe you need medication, you know? But I said to Betty, yeah, and, I, and people were telling me, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're Peggy, you're Peggy. I'm like, yes. What did she say about me? <laughs> but uh-huh. I knew Betty. <laughs> what did she say about me? No. Um, no, but they said, oh, my gosh, she, she absolutely adored you. And I know she did. She's one friend, I have to say, out of – I mean, I have – 
I have had best friends, you know, like they say, the handful. And people think, oh, you're friends with everybody. No, I'm not. I have a lot of acquaintances, okay? I'm not best friends. I I had a 47-year friendship with this woman. Wow. And that's a long time. That's a lifetime, you know? Yeah. My friend Tia, the, the, the one who passed on the 23rd of December last year, we had a 25-year. There's a lot of things you do together in those years that you can only talk about. I mean, I can share things with you, but they were there, and we can have that laugh like we had that day when it happened or whatever. And this is something I turned around and did with her daughter uh, the other day. Because Mom shared some things, I added to them. I left some parts out from when we were teenagers. Not that we were bad kids. We weren't. I had her daughter laughing, and it felt good to hear that she was so sad. And to hear her laugh, and she thanked me. And, and between that and the reading that Mindy gave me, and I brought me- message to her, um, to hear Michelle tell me a few days after her mother's death, she goes, you just gave my soul back to me. My body chilled oh, my wow. to the top of my head. She goes, I have been walking around um, with my soul not here, just a, mechanically a robotic, uh, like a robot. And after what you message you gave me from Mindy and you making me laugh and sharing mom's story, she goes, you just gave my soul back. I feel together again. Because, you know, we do that in grief. I just want to tell the listeners, too. We sometimes, and, and God has um, his way of, and, and this has been documented, not just by other grieving people, but by, you know, doctors and what have you. The brain literally shuts down during grief. That's why if like like my kids' funerals and people go, I'm like, Oh gosh, I haven't seen years. Oh, why was that your daughter's funeral? I do you, I don't remember I don't remember who was there. I really don't. Right. I don't remember yeah. everything that happened. Because God shuts the brain down. Not totally, but he shuts the emotional part so you can cope with it. You know, God has his way and reasons for doing what he does. I never quite understood why I couldn't because I'm Peggy knows it all, you know. Peggy remembers everything, you know. You know, um, but during those times, Peggy didn't remember much. Okay, and it wasn't well, I that do, I was. It's shock. Well, go ahead, honey. Yeah, I think. Well, that's it, it, the shock, but it, but there's something it's from a physiological standpoint and psychological that it actually is a um, uh, thing that happens within the brain, and that's part of the grieving process. And that's why, just like you know, when people get depressed or whatever, and you have to go on an antidepressant to raise serotonin or dopamine levels or whatever. Something happens significantly within the brain with grief. And that's why, that's one thing Michelle called me. I called to check on her the next day after the funeral because I know that's when it really begins. I mean, because the, the, Betty's death was a shock. We didn't expect it. It came out of the blue. She had a brain hemorrhage. You know, um, she didn't get up and the daughter went in the room and found, I'm not going to say what she found. It was It was horrible. And I got the gory details the other day, which I didn't know, but I asked her, you know, what exactly happened, and she shared it, and I'm like, oh, dear God, you know. Um, It was awful, horrific, and it was a shock. My kids, you know, not that you're ever prepared, but, you know, you pretty much are, you know, and Kevin, I think you asked me that last night, I'm not sure. Um, You're never prepared, uh, but this was a, it's like an accident type of thing. You're not prepared. You're really not prepared. When I got the phone call, quarter to seven, last Sunday morning, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to choke her waking me up on Sunday morning, quarter to seven, because that was her phone number. And it was Michelle, and I knew right then and there, and and I was, you know, the first she called, she goes, Peg, she goes, mom's got, I'm like, What? 
I was like walking around like walking into walls. Uh, she was just over in my house sleeping over. We had our we had a slumber party like we did when we were teenagers, you know. Um, we had a barbecue here this summer and laughed like we did when we were younger. And we started doing things, you know, we've caught up uh, because, you know, you lose touch over the years. Even though you talk on the phone, you don't do things together. And I, me, I'm like, come on, let's start doing some things. You know, we're both sitting around. We're both old. We're both, you know, we've got some health issues. And, you know, never expected uh, a few weeks ago after her leaving here that I would get this call. I'm still, to be honest with you guys, I'm in shock. Um, and I, like I said, I've explained to Michelle, and also I want to explain to the audience that, you know, we come home and our families and friends expect you to go back to normal. You never go back to normal. Not losing a parent, not losing a not losing a spouse. What it, it becomes, you have to find your new norm. Okay. There you go. That doesn't happen the, the day after the funeral, guys. No. The routines, like me, for 38 years from Meg's birth to Mark's death, there was a process of 38 years of living cystic fibrosis in the daily routines, seven days a week, 24-7, and adjusting my life around it. And then I get up after my second child dies with it, and the funeral's over, and, you know, you're okay pretty much during it, but you're not okay. And then I, you get up, and it's like, who am I? I really did that. I'm like, who am I? I didn't yeah. – my identity was gone. Not just the, the, the grieving mother of two – I had no idea what I was supposed to do with myself because everything I have done did from uh, 1973 when Meg was born to 2011 was about my kids. And my other two are grown, and though Dan's home and Don's not, but I did not know what to do. I'm looking – I get up the day after the funeral, and I'm going to sterilize it because it was a routine, sterilizing equipment, doing the nebulizers. Uh, and it wasn't just one. He had to do three different kinds a few times a day. He had a vest machine that would break up the mucus I had to put on, the IVs, the TBN, feeding. To, it was it was a lot of work, a lot of work, especially yeah. at the end of their lives, okay? Right. It wasn't always that way, but it was still always pills and whatever. You know, always did something in the inhalations, but at the end of life, it was horrific, and it was to the point of beyond exhaustion. There's got to be a word beyond that for that. And I got up, and I didn't have to do any of this, and I didn't know what it would be like to, like, sleep in. Or to, and I couldn't sleep at all. I and you know Tom at the time was with me, and he told me he says, "Peg, you're not eating. You're not." I said, "I just didn't know how to eat or sleep anymore, because right. I ate and slept around them." Yeah. And it took me a full five weeks after the funeral to start maybe maintaining some kind of normalcy again in my life. I'm not totally. I mean, a fraction of it. You know, something. But I was just right. there at the computer, and I, 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 if you go back, I don't even go look at my notes after Mark died because I, I, I talked like a truck driver. I didn't care. I was swearing. I was, I was out of my mind. I, I really had a breakdown. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. And I, because I go back, and I sometimes the, the, this memory thing will come up on Facebook, and I look, and I'm like, oh my god, that wasn't me, but it was me. Wow. You know, well, and I'll do little, do I, little flip wilts, and the devil made me do it. You know. No, it was an adjustment, and people sometimes really think you come home from the funeral, that's what Michelle said, and, and it really hits you. So we got the initial shock, in this case, Betty, unexpected death, and then the funeral's over, everybody goes home. And they go back to their lives and their kids or their parents, and you are trying to adjust to um, God knows what. Not having <laughs> the life your that new you identity. were living. You have to redefine exactly. yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what happens, and you don't know. And and whether you're in a relationship or you have family around, it's great to be supportive. But 
Nobody can do this for you, but you. No. You you can talk to people. It's great to have it, it's great to have a support system. I really didn't have a great support system, to be honest with you, because especially with child children's deaths, people fear you. You are you have the plague now, because you are a constant reminder that they could lose theirs. Okay, right. that's what happens, and, and you can ask any grieving parent. Do we all say the same thing? Because it's it's all, and I hate to stereotype, but it's true. Um, we all fall into this, and that's why we have so many grieving groups out there for child grief, because we aren't the same. We aren't the same. And then when the birthdays and the anniversaries roll along, and it's like when everybody else is psyched, oh, my God, it's my kid's birthday, Teddy. Happy birthday to you. There's no more happy birthday. There's um, there's no more Stevie Wonder song. There's no more New Year's Day There's to celebrate. There are New Year's Day, but not the same. You know, I just called to say I love you, but you know what? You're not picking up the phone. You know, you know well, what I'm only, where I'm going with that. Yep, it's yeah, different. It's, it's only different. a three liner with Larry. I was sort of like, um, I have nothing to do. I have everything yep. to do. You know, now that you're gone, I have to pick through the remnants of me and you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's gonna. You don't want to do that. You don't want to look at their Mm-mm. stuff because you know you're you're. Torn down oh anyway, and, and you're grieving. And well, you know, you leave the hospital, everything. and they hand you the bag of clothes, and what do I do with it? Do I go home and wash it? Do I throw it in the garbage? Do I, do I just donate it? Nothing. Uh, I'm still, you know what, I'm going to be honest with you. I still have most of Mark's stuff here. Um, I'm at a stage now. I'm either going to take some of it, I'm thinking, and have a quilt made, and then donate the rest, because there's a lot yeah. of good stuff there, especially the shoes. He was a... Uh, Shoe freak. <laughs> I I could use another name, but I won't do it on my show. Okay, I'll be nice. Well, let me ask. Let me ask. Since it's just the three of us, Kevin, who did you lose? Well, like I said, I've lost my mom and my dad, and I didn't have the same crying or grief process with it. And then when it happened with Melanie, when I only know a few years, it hit me so much harder. I I told this to Peggy um, before, but also last night I said. One of the things that sometimes make me feel ashamed is I feel like I'm not grieving normally. Right, uh, and I I did reply to that, didn't I, Kevin? I hope I helped in that that way. You know, because I feel sometimes the Lord gives me the right thing to say at the right time. You know, right? Um, you you did, and sometimes I feel that that's one of the things that never gets out there very much. Is mm-hmm. you know, how can I say? There's not a lot of self help. And grief, you and Mark Ireland are doing the best job, I think, of anyone in the world at this, and it's just my opinion. Oh, wow, thank um, and you. And really being a resource to say, this is what happens, this is what happens, this is what you can expect. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, you, you, you've got enough for some super educational books besides the ones you're already working on, Peggy, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. yes, but to be told, you know, like uh, the first thing that Mark told me the morning after she passed, she says, Kevin, we grieve for the ones that we feel closest to. My wife Mm -hmm. elaborated on that. She said, you know, your mother and your dad didn't really encourage you. They would say what didn't work for you in your life, but they didn't really Mm -hmm. give you the encouragement. She said, Melanie did. Melanie was the one that encouraged you to write the book. She was the one that said, you know, mediums are a dime a dozen, but there's no one else doing what you're doing. She was full of encouragement. By the way, encouragement is a spiritual gift. It is listed several times right. in the New Testament as a gift. So you see an encourager, point out to them, this is your spiritual gift, God, and I'm so thankful you do it. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, me too. And that alone, huh? I have uh, I have to say, and you both know me, there's no ego. I'm, you know, like I always say to Marsha, peg's peg. Like my husband used to say, peg, you're just being pegged. I don't I don't need uh you know $150 plate dinners honoring me or plaques or or pats on the back or whatever. I would like to know once in a while that I have helped somebody. And I have to tell you one of the most wonderful gifts I've gotten was this past Thanksgiving. It was um this boy that had installed my furnace a year ago, was Mark's friend, didn't know it when him and his dad came, he was Mark's friend. I feel that Mark sent him to me because there were three or four other people here that couldn't get my, even my furnace going, they did, but then we had to replace it anyhow. Um, make a long story short, um, he died on my birthday, and then I found out his birthday was Meg's anniversary of her death, so synchronicity again. And his father actually um, sent me a thing on Thanksgiving, I don't know if you guys read it, because I hear a lot of my news feeds aren't coming up, and you know I've had the issues with the hacking, and there's still problems here, so I'm just doing the best I can, okay? So if you ever get anything derogatory, please come to me because I've had some people delete me, and I think this hacker – because I caught them a couple times writing some derogatory stuff, and I re- I saw it. But a lot of it you don't see, and they've been doing it to a lot of people. So let me know if, you ever, if that happens to you. But, okay. well, his father wrote to me, and he goes, I give thanks on this Thanksgiving for you because you've helped me more than anybody. Aww. Nobody in the whole time that I've done this and I've ever – and I don't expect applause, but that just – uh, confirm to me what I've always said. If I can help one person going through this terrible hell on earth that I've been through, the, the, what I feel in my soul, then I know I'm doing the right thing. He, it was a confirmation to me. Yeah. And, yes, and I was that, like, by the way, that is that is very. How can I say? Feedback is scriptural from the point that Hebrews ten twenty five says, "Encourage one another." The more you see the day approaching, referring to the return of Christ, but you know that means every day encourage somebody. And if feedback's encouragement, it's certainly scriptural mm-hmm. and in the will of God. Right, right. Yeah, really well, like I said, I was. Um, Absolutely. I was like, you know me. I got a big mouth. I <laughs> not a bad. I just talk a lot, but another gift from God. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. you can have that one back, right? But anyhow, I my mouth dropped. I did. I was like, wow. And it wasn't like you know the pat on the back thing. It was it wasn't the ego thing. It was like I helped one person. Mm-hmm. I yes. might have helped, and pe- a lot of people say to me, "Oh, Peggy, you don't realize how many people you help." No, because I don't ever get feedback about that much, okay? Because I don't know if I'm really. Then I then I then I start questioning: Should I keep doing this? Am I really helping people? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Max's dad, Sal, and I'll mention his name. I don't know if he's listening tonight. <clears throat> um, no, I just heard a ding on my my computer. I think Max was with me. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've heard since I've been on the show. I heard. Um, it. Yeah. So see, Max is with me. Um, Max's father. Sal, I'd like to thank you because you were one person that made it worthwhile. All the shows I do, the writings I do, the poetry I do. Um, you were one person that, um, and you, Marsha, too. I have said, Kevin both. I mean, you, you, we talk. Uh, you answer things on Facebook and whatever. You know, I'm I'm not one of those things. That, well, I want to see how many people read my book. I don't care if you don't want to read them. Don't read. Who cares? <laughs> you know, who really cares? 
but I want to know that I'm making an impact. I, I, I don't, I'm a human being. I don't want to waste my time on doing something that's not really helping people because I'll move on to something else, okay, to help somebody. But uh, Sal made me realize I've helped that one person. He's acknowledged that. That I felt, and Kevin, you have too. You told me I helped you after Melanie and Marcia. You've you told me absolutely had. It was it, it was kind of like you were Melanie with a talk show plus. <laughs> and you know, yeah. it was everything about your personality, even the fact that you both could, really had the gift of gab per se too. Besides oh, the fact that you were a medium, that you everything else. Um, you know, you mean diarrhea of the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I joke. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You know, it's just that uh, in so so many ways, you know, it was like having Melanie back, even though nothing would replace, you know, the real Melanie. Exactly. It was, you know, I, I, it, it was the time that opened me up, and it had been almost four months from her passing. And mm-hmm. it felt so great to talk to you. And I, uh, you know, and one thing I, I I noticed too is that you're talking about the processes of when the Lord closes up something like when. Mark's passing ended 38 years of caring for someone with cystic fibrosis. You still had yep. a healing time of nearly three years, and in January 20th of 14, you began the Signs Your Our Loved One Send Us show as your next phase in God's mm-hmm. process of leading you through the steps. Like I say, in mm-hmm. all your ways, acknowledge Him. He directed your path. Right, exactly. Yeah. Amen to that. And He did. He did. I had no intentions. I, I was like... I don't even know how it happened. It just happened. <laughs> I was talking Again, to somebody. Elected, right? <laughs> of course, exactly, exactly. I give it to him. I give it all to him. You know, and like, and that's one of the things I have to tell you. Kevin, when he read my book, gave me a wonderful, um, a wonderful review, and he was brutally honest, which was great. Because yeah, I'm not a, I'm not like I said, the greatest writer in the world. I just write like a talk. I gap. Okay, it's real. It's honest. It's true. But I do not take the thanks for what I do. I give it. And Kevin, you wrote that in my. Um, you said if if anybody, I'm not going to do you know verbatim because I don't remember verbatim. But what you said was if anybody knows about a gift, something about a gift from the Lord, uh, or giving credit to the Lord for their gift, uh, Peggy does. And that was touching yes. to me because I write that in my book. I said you know I wrote this book by my hand, but it was guided by him. I know it was guided by him. When, when I would sit there and put the book down for a year, because it took seven years, you know, and it took something that you read in two hours, a lifetime of my life, an outline, and when I would go to bed, and I put the book down for like months, maybe a year, and I'd get up in the middle, he'd wake me up in the middle of the night, and it's dark, and it's, you know, I have a night, pretty much was writing with a night light, and half asleep, he was guiding me. It was my yes. words, my life. He was guiding me. And I knew it. I I felt compelled to do it. And I can remember this one night when I started and, and getting toward the end of it and him waking me up to, to write more. I looked above me, and there were five, and at that point it was Meg, Mark, I know it. It was, uh, no, it wasn't Mark, because Mark hadn't passed yet. It was my sister, my brother, my mother, my father, and my daughter. I saw five, like, like. In my room, in my room, think glowings above me. Weren't exactly orbs. It almost looked like stars in my room, and uh-huh. I felt his presence. I never. I don't think I've ever shared that before. No, you know? I um, heard that one. No. Yeah, there were five. Yeah, it wasn't orbs. I can't explain what it was, but I felt the Lord's presence, and I felt them saying, "Okay, this is time to write this chapter." 
this is time to do this part, this is time to do that part. You know, I could just sit there and scrabble my books out and throw them out there because there's a lot of ideas and things that have happened. But I'm putting now, since I've written the first one, I'm trying to be more creative, not even, I don't call it creative, being more creative. Um, But I'm trying to become a better writer to, to get the interest to make people understand what the Lord's doing and what life's truly about. So my book is a teach uh, a lesson to me too. The first book of what I have to do and how I have to put the next books together. So, and like they say, Rome was not built in a day. And we are down to the last four minutes of the show. I can't believe time flies when we're having fun. And uh, I, I thank God tonight uh, that nobody wanted readings <laughs> because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I was I'm tired tonight. I am, I will sleep like a baby tonight. But. Um, but I think it, this I is think a very you shared a lot of valuable information myself, uh, and you did too, Marsha. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, you know that sometimes is, is worth listening to over and over in the archives. Mm-hmm. I did definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And whoever is listening, Thank I you, just Kevin. want to let you know that you can always go. I think, I think the three of us together was meant to be. Like I said, Marsha was under the weather; didn't think she was going to be able to be on tonight. I said, I left left it up to her. I said the show will go on. Um, you know, if you feel up to it, you feel up to it. If you don't, I understand. Kevin's coming on, and um, and it's you know, it's all like again, God's timing. It's all meant to be. And I think between the three of us tonight, that we did share quite a bit of um, biblical scripture and um, um, home good, good good old home time hometown knowledge. You know, and, well, I will now um, say from, it's been fulfilled that you both did the show tonight in the strength that God provided. Just just mm-hmm. as scripture said, and just as I prayed. You know, yep. we can now say it at the end of the show that he gave you both the strength to make it through and to say some things that were needing to be said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and yeah. I tell you, the show does help me, too. I'm not going to lie. Just like writing the book, it's, you know, I vent and whatever, and it's not about me. I mean, I I I let people know what I've been through so they can relate that I can relate to them and they can relate to me. It's not like, I've had some people say, well, the show is always about you. I've had people say, no, it's not. It's not about me at all. If it was about me, I'd go on the show and ask nobody beyond just talk about myself. You know, well, I wouldn't be reading people. I wouldn't say, honey, if you want to talk to me personally, here's my Facebook. And many do a friend me and talk, and I've talked for years afterwards. You know, it's not about me. The only thing you as a springboard is your own life experiences. And what you mm-hmm. do is putting your experiences out there to relate to other people who have gone through it to try to help them. And exactly, and that's that what I try to do. Have a screw loose or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know exactly. Or you know, or or I, you got your negative. My mom used to call them negative Nellies. I don't know what the heck that meant. You know, yeah. your negative Nellies out there. That's gonna they're gonna tear you apart. They're, you're still. And I, I had. Um, I think I've talked before. Allison Debose, who who the show. She's a friend of mine now on Facebook, and she's very well known, world renowned, and uh, very very gifted psychic. And we're friends on Facebook, and when I was going through, and I think I've said this before, um, being put down and called all kinds of names, and she actually chimed in. She took time, this woman who the TV show Medium was about, okay, <laughs> took time to write to me and say, we, they do it to all of us, even the best of us. And she wrote a little more to it, but that's that kind of nice. that sums it up. So she encouraged me. She took time. This woman that that doesn't have to take the time. That's very busy scheduled, and you know, and 
had a TV show about her. Uh, take the time out to encourage me to like. They're going. They do it to him. So I just let it go again. But we're down to one minute, guys. I want to thank Kevin, um, author, um, uh, uh, Baptist deacon, uh, my friend Marcia, light worker. I will call you from now on because you are and a healer, um, and friend. I want to thank you both for um, being my friend in in our walk with the Lord and um, and being my co-host. And um, being there for me, also one on one personally, I, I I give my thanks to that. Thank you so much, both of you. My pleasure. And Kevin, it was wonderful to be able to meet you, even on the telephone. <laughs> I agree. It was a pleasure meeting you too, Marcia. And thank you again for being a friend, Peggy. Oh, thank you too. God bless you all, and we'll uh, meet again. I I haven't been doing a show every week. I'm just going with it now. It will always be on Tuesdays. But when I feel there's something to talk about, we'll do the show. I may continue doing them every week, but right now I have some other things I'm taking care of, so I've been kind of slacking back a little bit. I got to take some time for Peg, because without Peg, nobody will have any. You know, won't have her. <laughs> Peg's gonna have Peg. And your toy so. drive, and yeah. Yeah, I got lots going on. Lots going on. But Christmas God bless you all. Thank you again. Um, happy Thank holidays. You. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, uh, everything else out there, and God bless you all, and thank you both again, and have a good evening. Thank you. Until next Tuesday. Uh, Okay. Okay. Good night, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.